everybody. This is Saturday Night Rewind. I'm here with Randall Walter McDonald. Hey, and I'm here with Brian Paradise. That is me. We are here to talk about episode 18 of season 46 of Saturday Night Live. It aired on May 8th, and it starred Elon Musk mm-hmm. and Miley Cyrus. So, uh, Randall, can you describe the way that I communicated this information to you when I saw uh, that Elon Musk was going to be the host? I think you just texted me, ew, and then a vomit emoji, if I'm correct. That is correct. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I shared the picture of the corkboard, as how they yeah. announced the, the hosts and the musical guests, and then I just made the vomit emoji. Um, <laughs> so, like, I'm trying not to, so I tried to enjoy this episode outside of, I think, some of the stuff around its existence. Uh, yeah, because there's there's drama before he came in with all yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Is- well, this is like the first non-entertainer, non-athlete that they've had since Trump. And I don't think that Elon Musk is a figure at the level of mendacity of the former president, nor is it as such a, you know, because Trump hosted in 2016. Like he was given the opportunity to host SNL as a presidential candidate. So that mm-hmm. also engendered like, you know, equal time statutes and stuff that the networks need to provide and just really elevated him and normalized him in a way that I think certainly didn't hurt him. Um, yeah. Even though it is the one episode that I will never watch. I oh, did you didn't watch- even watch it? Nope. I watch every episode. I skipped right over over Trump and I'm sure I didn't lose anything because of it. So like <laughs> Musk isn't like that level of a of a kind no. of I mean he's said and done some dumb things, but it's just like there there was no comedian. Yeah. There was no actor. We had to give this billionaire an hour of and a half of television. Well, yeah, because we needed our Dogecoin to to get more valuable. Oh yeah. Um, we'll we'll talk about all of the the advertisements that existed in this episode. What was interesting though is, I mean, even before there's like talks that maybe some of the castmates weren't going to even do this show just because, and Lauren put out a statement that was like, nobody is forced to do the show. I was like, wow, this kind of got out of hand, but then everyone did the show. (laughs) Yeah. It didn't seem like that really happened. I think some of the, the elder folks maybe had a little less stage time, which we can talk about, but I, I, I didn't see the, anybody being uh, conspicuously absent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, we'll start at the beginning. Uh, I think this was absolutely lovely. So it starts with Miley Cyrus on a blank stage singing Light of a Clear Blue Morning, which is a Dolly Parton song. And yes. then basically everybody has a thing with their mom, I think, except for Che. It was uh, everybody's mom came out. Yes. Which was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, they've done this uh, a few times before. Most, in my mind, is back when uh, Hartman was a cast member. And I remember they had him and his mom, and she was, like, quizzing him on impressions. So she mm. was, like... So that was like the the bit there and, and among other ones. So it was really cool to see, especially in this year where so many people have had to stay away from their parents. I thought it was a really, really sweet, sweet way of doing Mother's Day. And um, 
Miley singing a song by her godmother, uh, Dolly Parton, and it was really very, very sweet. Um, so I thought it was great. A couple of um, ones that I thought were cute was uh, Bo and Yang's mom kind of putting Purell on his face, and then Heidi being upset that she didn't get a joke, and then later trying to get one from uh, Chloe since she doesn't seem to be using it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I thought it was uh, I thought it was great. This is the kind of thing that SNL does really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very sweet. I I kind of felt like because some of the moms are a little bit you know awkward up there because they're not performers. Yeah. And I feel like in my head I was like they're getting us ready for Elon. <laughs> Just like <laughs> <laughs> they're easing us into it. <laughs> we're setting the bar lower for performance. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think you know some of them were obviously a little bit more comfortable. Uh, than others. Certainly Keenan's mom uh, felt very comfortable on stage yeah. with mugging for the camera. Um, I think starting with uh, Kate doing a Mary Catherine Gallagher impression was like a weird, um, was a like a weird walk to get to wherever they were going. Um, but like, you can't blame people's moms for not being great uh, performers. Yeah. thought it was great. Um, so, and then uh, bringing on Miley's mom at the end as well. And then uh, before we get to the uh, monologue, it seemed like fewer of the, in the like opening credits, fewer of those folks were wearing masks. It seems like they're editing some of that down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like they're not as strict this time around. Yeah, well, because they obviously captured everybody with masks and without for the opening credits. And it just seems like... Uh, as we're getting towards the end of the season, there was a couple of the cast members whose kind of images had masks on, but way fewer than before, because it was all of them before. Mm -hmm. And now it's like maybe down to two or three. So I think that's kind of going towards the transition of we're getting out of here in New York and, you know, don't want to be as much of a, much of a drag. And obviously they're still doing COVID restrictions uh, in the production, but not worrying about that as much kind of in terms of communicating what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. It's nice to not, <laughs> to be able to see normal, you know, on your television. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's been, it, it's weird seeing uh, shows and ad campaigns that are, are using masks now. It's like, I kind of just, I've recognized what the real world is. I just want some escapism. I think, uh, yeah, and kind of SNL knows their role with that. So, what do you think of Elon's monologue? I mean, uh, the dude was nervous, and it was kind of cute how nervous he was, or whatever that. Yeah, I didn't realize how awkward he was until he got up there. Um, he was very genuine. I feel like, like I don't feel like he's the type of guy who could like fake it or like be like billionaire movie star status. He like everyone always compares him to Tony Stark and his personality is so far from it. He's like a character from Big Bang Theory, really. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I, I it made me realize I hadn't seen him talk at any yeah. kind of length. I did not watch his Joe Rogan experience uh, episode and I've seen lots of quotes by him and I was and I've seen some of his public statements, but I had never really seen him speak publicly. The thing that I wrote in my notes was it really had the cadence of a a tech press conference, it, which is something that I've consumed 
a lot of. Like I've watched <laughs> every Apple press conference since the iPhone was unveiled in 2007, 2008. Yeah. So it really felt like that. Like having like some jokes, he was articulate, but not a natural performer. And it was clear that he was reading prepared things. Um, but he had, a, but also seemed very natural, natural uh, reading cards. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he's got a lot of prompter speaking experience. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you noticed it, but he was doing this thing with every time I told a joke, he would like look up and like, I know like when I'm on stage and you probably know this too, when there's a performer who's always looking up and isn't mm -hmm. like looking, it's like, oh, they're nervous. They're really nervous to be doing right. this right now, yeah, which is kind of cool to see a billionaire be nervous. Yeah. Well, as opposed to like playing to the back of the house or whatever. You're yeah. Doing do. Yeah, absolutely. It was interesting. So, so we talked about, so we had a couple of interesting lines in here. One, I guess this was his first public, um, public, opportunity to talk about that he has a, a, a he's on the uh, autism uh, autism spectrum yeah yeah it's also interesting so i like uh i do a lot of following of things on tiktok and i follow a couple of um uh, tiktok creators that are autistic and one of them recently was talking about how like asperger's is not a thing so it is a diagnosis that is no longer kind of recognized in the current mm. kind of um, document, kind of the journal that they use to kind of classify uh, mental disorders. It is no longer kind of recognized. And it's, so it's interesting that he's, but he's obviously older. This person I'm following is in their twenties. So he's right. older. He probably was diagnosed with Asperger's, but if he was di to di be diagnosed again, who knows what it would be. Right. I right. also think it's interesting that uh, he said that he's the first person to host uh, with Asperger's or the first to admit it, which also feels like a, well, it's a, it is a, a disability, it is a neurotype. It is not something to be ashamed of. Or if you are, right. it's your own damn business, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe he was commenting on, on that. Like maybe like people were too scared to admit it and he's not scared to admit it. Right. And who knows what the conversation was about what he was saying, but it's, you know, I think you could be uh, a, a person proudly sharing your identity without being crappy to other people that don't feel comfortable doing that. Right. Right. But apparently then I read some stuff afterwards that like um, Dan Aykroyd has been open about being on the spectrum. So incorrect as well. <laughs> yeah. But I'm sure Elon Musk yeah. doesn't know much about Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> Which is really a shame. Yeah. Uh, so, but a couple other lines where he talked about, uh, he talked about being identified for being the worst thing that you've ever done and then made a, an OJ joke. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh. It was interesting. I mean, he's, he's right because like, I'm, I only like really think of him as the guy who smoked weed on, on Joe Rogan's podcast. And then to put it in that context of being like, also we call OJ just a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Wow. What a jump. I love it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, well, he made a kind of joke about how he hosted two times and he killed and both killed. times. Just, yeah. Arr. Like, it. Uh, Nicole Brown and Ron Goldman's parents are still around. Or, you know, their families are still around. So it's, that's what's yeah. kind of gross about it. Yeah, I mean, SNL, I mean, when it was happening, Norm MacDonald was famously the worst about it. 
Yes. Well, yeah, he was worse about how, like, this guy is a murderer. Yeah, yeah. And then got fired for it. Um, but yeah, so I thought it was it was better than I thought it was going to be um, in terms of monologue. I'm, I was fully expecting a bunch of cast members to run up on stage to bail him out. But that just, like, didn't happen, which I was actually pretty impressed by. But yeah. it really, you know, he's a, a done a lot of presentations and stuff like that as a part of his his many jobs. So I thought uh, he did well enough there and then made a Dogecoin thing at the end. The other thing that's weird about this episode is there's it's basically just like he didn't talk about solar panels, but that's really the only one of his products that he didn't mention <laughs> over the yeah. course of like the thing. Yeah, that's true. I, I remember thinking too that he was going to make a PayPal joke and he didn't. But oh, he doesn't yeah. Own them. But yeah. yeah. Why would he promote them? That was his old yeah. business. Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, first proper sketch of the night is uh, Gen Z Hospital. Uh, how do you do? You feel seen? Do you feel represented? No, I mean I'm technically a, a millennial, so, so. Okay. Well, there. You uh, go. <laughs> uh, but I mean, this was just a bad sketch. <laughs> yeah. As soon as I saw it, I was like, "Oh, we're in for a long ride." It's just, it's a difficult thing to try to make fun of Gen Z. Yeah. It, it's because they're kind of just annoying characters. And if, I don't know, they were all kind of acting the same. So there wasn't like any distinction. Yeah. I think kind of generational strife is something where it's like, you could have done a hippie hospital 60 years ago and it would have been the same thing, or I guess 50 years ago. Yeah. Uh, six years ago. Uh, but yeah, so this is Mike, uh, Melissa and Ego and Heidi and Mikey and Kate and Bowen and Elon as the doctor just using a bunch of Gen Z slang, which as a person who works with people in college, uh, heard a lot of it. Yeah. But you know what I thought was interesting is like, like you said, there was one joke. They use a bunch of slang. Uh, there's a, the urn with the Supreme logo I thought was funny. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize that was a Gen Z thing. There is a, a somewhere in Tucson, there is a, a Ferrari 458, a red Ferrari 458, so like a quarter million dollar car that has a gigantic Supreme uh, oh, vinyl really? on both sides on the doors. So it's like wow. the, your quarter million dollar car and your $200 vinyl just getting in a fight right there in your car. Um <laughs> But uh, the thing that I thought was interesting is uh, you who work in film and stuff, this was the first time in my memory that I remember seeing marks on the floor that I could see on, on SNL. Oh, yeah. On camera. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You normally don't see that. And if you do see it, then yeah, that's that's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, normally, you know, you'll see some of that kind of stuff at, at, as the sketch ends and they kind of pull away to kind of show the studio. But this was like the way the, the shot was set up with them all wide, they just had the camera at a weird angle, whereas more on the floor than you would expect. And I just like a bunch of marks. Yeah. Yeah. That is that I didn't notice that. So actually good good on you for yeah. <laughs> picking that up. I mean, I wasn't really paying much attention to this the sketch. So I had to find yeah. other things to give my attention to. This is one of those sketches where I think, I mean, it is just a one joke, but it didn't help that there were so many people in it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I think he could have just had three people. Yeah, or uh, if it were, if they kind of cycled people in and out a little 
at all, I guess. Because I think yeah. that in other sketches, you'll kind of have people kind of popping in and out. So the people on stage are fewer. But this was like all seven of them the whole time. Yeah. And they started to do a game that I thought was going to be funny. I thought that that's where the sketch was going. And then they just did it once. And it was with Mikey Day where he was like, this is like my legit mom. And they were like, yeah, right. but stop making it about you. And I was like, okay, that this is where it's going. Is like they're all gonna act like they're the victims of his mom dying, but they didn't go there. So no. I was like, oh, bummer. No, uh, I think that's all we need to say about that one. It was okay. Yeah. Uh, and then the next one is a film sketch with every conversation with somebody post pandemic. This I thought was uh, clever and kind of authentic. Where you've, uh, I've certainly had this kind of thing where it's like, well, what you, what shot you get? How you been doing? What new hobby? Well, yeah, yeah. You ask him several times, how's your quarantine been? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and I think certainly New Yorkers must feel this more than than people here in the Southwest because I think that it's been it was worse in New York and uh, restrictions were stricter in New York for longer. So I think that there's probably more of this kind of pent up social energy. Uh, so this is uh, basically three couples: Kate and Beck, Chris and Ego, and Heidi and Elon. Uh, I really liked um, the Chris and Ego extra layer where it turns out that they're cousins. Yeah. Yeah. That was very funny. <laughs> Especially at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a fun way of ending it where uh, Chris Red's character uh, tries to make a pass at Ego and feigns that he forgot that they were cousins, but really didn't. He almost got away with yeah. it. Yeah. Which is just creepy. I like, I like, I like most of, this sketch this sketch was one of the stronger ones of the night uh yeah it's just a great game you hear their voices in their head or and then what they say is opposite or what they say is opposite than what's in their head that's always just funny <laughs> yeah and i also uh liked beck describing <clears throat> the manners in which he went to a restaurant over the the quarantine period mm -hmm. like i had one dinner indoors one dinner outdoors and like having the but i've absolutely done that where there's some folks where um you have to like specify oh i went to a restaurant but actually i was on the patio and i wore a mask the whole time and you know like that kind of stuff justifying yeah. these normal things that we've done taken for granted that you know we did freely a year and a half ago and so i thought that that felt really true yeah yeah, yeah, I agree. It's, uh, it's, uh, they, they really nailed it on this one. I think one of my favorite lines came at the very beginning of, of Elon's conversation where he was like, I nailed it or whatever he said. And yeah. It was like the weirdest thing. And then I think that this was like most of this night. It seemed like all the sketches were like about Elon being Elon in the sketch. Yes. Yeah. Because he was super limited and he apparently wanted to promote a bunch of crap. Yeah. So like, well, we'll get there. So, uh, after the break is the Uli show. It's another talk show hosted by Chloe and it's, I'm here for it. Yeah. It's super weird. I, I freaking loved every, every time she'd go cool. <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, Mikey and Chloe and Beck, uh, and Lauren and Elon playing, uh, a producer named, um, Ragnarok. Uh, and uh, we have some guests uh, later, but it's, um, I thought it was, uh, what, oh, what country were they from? For, it's where uh, we're from. Iceland. 
Yeah, Iceland. So, uh, but it was great. So it was just kind of weird, kind of Scandinavian style accents and a lot of bright colors. It reminded me of that um, kind of Terran Killam sketch that they would do where they were kind of like anime enthusiasts. Yeah, yeah. And this just had that kind of really fun, kind of silly energy. They cycled through a couple of impressions as well. I thought this was like super successful. Yeah, this is a great sketch. Again, Kate McKinnon did a funny uh, uh, Francis McNorman uh, impression. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, and good counterbalance of energies too, right? So they have these kind of bright, poppy um, young people. And then Francis McDormand, basically as she appeared at the Oscars in her gray sack dress and being very (laughs) kind of serious, but also howling like a wolf and strange. So I think that was like a nice encapsulation of her. And then I don't know why they think that Pete can do impressions. Well, I, I don't even know why they brought him into that sketch. There was no need for a second impressionist. No, because, yeah, basically he did nothing. Yeah. Uh, and he looks nothing like Steve Buscemi. Like, that was easily could have been Mikey. Man, or Kyle. I, I had just watched, too. So I was, like, nervous. Right before I watched the show, I watched an improv where these celebrity impressionists were, like, or these impressionists were doing celebrities for like an improv game. And someone did a Steve Buscemi that was so spot on. And then when they said it and Pete came on, I was like, there's no way I was already like (laughs) ready to slam them. Like, I'm glad that they're, I'm glad that Pete is good enough or healthy enough. that They're able to use him more. Like that makes me happy that he's doing well, but like, yeah, like there's things that he's good at. And this is not it. Like he's not your celebrity impression guy. Yeah. That so, was pretty much it. That's the only wrong thing with this sketch, I think. Yeah. I think everything else was very... Oh, and bring in Melissa out for a Bjork impression at the end, which was spot on. Fabulous. Yeah. So, oh, I wrote, uh, is Pete growing out a mustache? Because he had it earlier in the with his mom, and then it was still mm-hmm. there for this. And obviously, like, Steve Buscemi normally doesn't have a mustache. Uh, so yeah. I don't, it's like, is that for a role or something? Because... Uh, Yikes. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's to distract from his Steve Buscemi impression. Yeah, it's not a good look. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I like that a lot. I think Chloe is really cementing herself as a um, uh, a constant presence and being really consistent on the show. And I, I like that she's getting more of these kind of vehicles for herself. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh and oh yeah so then after this is the mayor of kind of east town uh in uh parody have you watched mayor of east town i i've seen the trailers i've not watched it yet oh it's so good uh my it's... wife and i started watching it we're like uh like a week into it i think okay so but you know it's it's right on some great kind of um pennsylvania kind of rural style accents you have kate and bowen at accent i like or, and alex um so here's your alex moffat and oh, i yeah. like that they describe them as being very specific whites <laughs> yeah <laughs> i just love the the i could have listened to them say murder murder i mean yeah. my murder is murdered i could have listened to that just the whole night well they and couldn't. beck is playing a very specific character from the show as well. So that was like a very successful kind of fun uh, homage as well. I loved um, that they were talking about her 
being kind of rough around the edges, the Kate McKinnon character who's supposed to be the Kate Winslet character. Um, and talking about like how she's kind of rough around the edges, whatever. And like, how old are you? And she's like, I'm a Philly 40. Yeah. <laughs> and she has a ponytail to describe that to just the disguise that she's not British. I thought that was funny too. Yeah. Well, it's funny, like uh actual mayor of Easttown, I think the two main characters are um or maybe two or three are all not Americans. Yeah. Oh, that's that's always it. Yeah. The more so, American the story gets, the more British the actor is who plays yeah, that. Oh, part. for sure. Yeah. We're just uh yes. <laughs> the, the the folks from Australia and England and Ireland are much better American actors than what we got, I guess. Oh yeah. Uh, I liked the inclusion of Gritty. Oh uh, yeah, that was nice. Gritty's always that was welcome. Hilarious. Uh, Elon as the super guilty priest, which is also a very specific allusion to the show. That was great. Uh, the the last kind of little stinger at the end, where it's, it, it feels like SNL can't help itself, but like make one more joke uh, with the Joe Biden is from here. Oh yeah. It's so random. Yeah, but I thought it was very well constructed. Looked expensive. Like they clearly spent a lot of time on it. Yeah. I, yeah, there's I, a lot of film things this show. Yeah, well, I think that that if you have somebody that's less of a stage performer, as Elon Musk is not a stage performer, it's a good way of kind of securing your performance out of him. Yeah. So yeah. Recording smart. it as opposed to having him live. Exactly. Um, yeah. So then we have musical guest Miley Cyrus. I, she is like uh, Justin Timberlake to me as somebody that I just like dismissed when they were younger and really turned into a really interesting adult. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's so interesting. I, uh, I was looking up a little bit about her a while ago, talking about her, her voice, how much it's changed. And I guess she had a, um, she had a edema on her vocal cords that she had to have surgery for, which is why she's all husky sounding now. Huh. Kind of sexy. Yeah. Well, what's interesting, her quote about it was really cool. She basically said, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing that, you know, to her, it feels like as you get older and you get wrinkles, her voice has scars and wrinkles and that kind of defines her. She's no longer, you know, the, the tween yeah, doing a television show. She's no longer Hannah Montana. She's, no longer in her 20 or she's in her late twenties now, but like not doing drugs and do, making mistakes. She's just like kind of maturing. And then part of that process is she has screwed up her voice. And now it sounds like this. Yeah. Yeah. She owns it, man. Yeah. Yeah. So she had the two songs. Uh, she had the kid Leroy song, which I really just know from TikTok. Uh, and then just the one section of it. Yeah, uh, and then uh, Plastic Hearts, and she's great. She's got a great band. She's a great performer. It was wonderful. Yeah, yeah, everything was good, but she she's always good. Yeah, yeah, I really do. And like her version of um, Fifty Ways to Leave Your Lover from the 40th anniversary um, SNL thing is so good. Yeah, she's just a uh, she's somebody like I said, somebody that I dismissed when she was young, and she's just clearly a good collaborator because she worked with so many different kinds of people and is still clearly likes performing even in this kind of new phase of her career. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. All right. So we get to update, which is, uh, is going to feature 
another Elon Musk advertisement. So, <clears throat> so uh, before we get there, uh, they talked briefly about the the Chinese uh, space debris that was yeah that ended up landing. I think on Sunday. Yeah. Without hurting anybody, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, and they made a joke that uh, Elon was there because he needed an alibi for the space <laughs> debris falling. <laughs> and then also uh, kind of Trey talking about like, what are, why are all these rich white people going to space? Yeah. Yeah. And to warn the aliens to not get on the ships. <laughs> yeah. I like that a lot. That basically, if you don't want to be a Martian whose last name is Washington, like maybe you just don't get on the boat. Yeah. So funny. Yeah. Uh, another couple of good lines from Colin were uh, they had uh, described Donald Trump as a disgraced former fast food mogul. Or yeah, mascot, which, which was good. Uh, what do you think of the first correspondent piece with uh, Ego? It was all right. It was uh, I, it was it was definitely funny. Um, I think I just wanted more from her. Yeah, that, like character. I wanted to to go into it more. It seemed like she kind of held back, but it was it was all right. It was just like a a mom who just isn't getting enough credit for everything that she does, and she's doing all this stuff for her kids, but she wants everything to be about her. I guess. <laughs> Yeah, well, and I am a, I am a, I had I had somebody ask me earlier this week if I would consider myself to be a Disney adult because I am married and I do not have children and I go to Disneyland every year, uh -huh. um, and I was like, I think there's a, I think there's a spectrum, yeah, of childless people that go to Disneyland, and I think there's an, an end that includes pin trading and costumes, and I'm not yeah. there. I'm just somebody <laughs> that really appreciates the engineering. And the, yeah, um, <laughs> but anyway, but when, you know, my wife and I will go and it'll be like eight o'clock and we're on our, you know, third wind and kind of still having a great time or whatever. And you just see this character portrayed by Ego, these just beleaguered parents that yeah. are just miserable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which we just kind of like look at them and go, oh, that sounds like it sucks. And then just kind of move on with the rest of our lovely evening. And so it was <laughs> cool to have that kind of kind of personified um and i really like the line the very specific that she used to get lots of appetizers from men yeah <laughs> as a i think it was like a very nice specific uh mark of her former attraction yeah yeah and and she used that several times too about how she flashed goofy in order to get a picture with him and then finds out that those are complimentary <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and it talked about uh that she sleeps on her feet like a horse. And then I yeah. also like the turn at the end that uh, they're Che's kids. Yeah, yeah, they're Che Jr. Che or something. Yeah. So I, I, you know, she is clearly here for the hall. She's really grown since she started um, from being almost like a liability in sketches in terms of like performance and stumbling and stuff. And now she's so much stronger. So I think having, I would not be surprised if we had this Pauline character in some other beleaguered situation in the future. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, great specific line from Che after this, where um, I forget the setup, but basically the punchline being, uh, it's, it's a nice change to see people get shot after they're found guilty. Oh, they're talking about the firing squads. Yeah, in South Carolina. Uh, in South Carolina, because yeah. there's a, apparently a lack of um, lethal injection drugs. So they added that as an option. So I thought that was, that got like a nice, like yeah. suck the air out of the room reaction. Yeah. 
Then he had another joke right after that. I don't even know what it was, but he followed it up with another hard-hitting joke. Oh, they talked about how there was um, some, there was a big drug bust and they had recovered a million, a million dollars right. worth of meth. And then they just show an image of the Capitol riot. Yeah. Which yeah, that's right. It was so funny. So then we get to Elon Musk, who um, I found out later that his this Dogecoin thing actually hurt the price of Dogecoin. So that makes me feel good. Um, so yeah. Instead of like increasing the price, it hurt it. So this is Elon Musk as some other character, but he's playing himself, explaining cryptocurrency. And I really do like that basically all Che and Jost were asking was over and over again, what is Dogecoin? Yeah, yeah. I think that's everybody's kind of reacting to it. I, nobody really knows what it is. And that was just so funny because he'd explain it and then they would still have the same question. <laughs> yeah, just like the basic principle of what is cryptocurrency. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that like, but again, it, also I felt like this uh, this correspondent piece exposed what I thought was happening in the first, in the monologue, uh, which I feel like there was a, a hometown crowd there for him. Yes. It, it, it sounded like it was, he, he stacked the audience or something. Yeah. They're just getting reactions off of like Dogecoin that were too, too responsive for just like an average New York SNL crowd. Yeah. Yeah, I think he did. I think he did put some people in the room. <laughs> yeah, well, also like you know, it's like when BTS comes or whatever, right? So like, a, because BTS is going to be there, a bunch of fans go to to wait in line so they can go see it. So I think it's probably a little A, little B, right? Like he's obviously got the power to br bring in whoever he wants, but there's right. also a bunch of kind of tech crypto bros that I'm sure took the time to stand in line and. Uh, want to be like him someday. So, but yeah, it was interesting. That it's like, they're really into the cryptocurrency. And like, I agree. Like, I remember the beginning of the pandemic basically saying like, uh, governments should just give people the money they need to survive right now to stay at home because what is money? Uh-huh. It is a construct. It is, a, it is yeah. an agreement, but it is not a real thing. Um, and they talk about that later, but, um, so having them not be able to really understand what money is or, you know, what Dogecoin is kind of compares. I like that Che pulled out like a dollar. Like, I know what this yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, kind of, it's kind of like that. <laughs> right. Exactly. That it's all just made up. It's all just an agreement that we Everything have is. to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but it was interesting that apparently, so at the end, the kind of the button on this thing is, oh, so it's a hustle. And he says, yes, apparently that negatively affected the price of Dogecoin. Just that word. Essentially, you know, him yeah. kind of going out there and saying like, it's all nonsense. So yeah, at least Did, it didn't increase the price of Dogecoin. That's, that's what makes me happy. Yeah. Well, both times uh, that Dogecoin, I think on 420 was supposed to be Doge day. They like tried to make it a holiday and it tanked on Doge day. So I'm like, anytime that they are planning for it to be a big deal, it's never a big deal. <laughs> Yeah, I think that these cryptocurrencies are best kept kind of quiet. Like, yeah, just just do your own thing in the background. Let most. I think the more that people think about it, the more it's going to be uh, affected. But yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a fifth. It's forty six cents a thing if you want to load up. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, 
going on to uh, our last correspondent piece. Your favorite. Yeah, it was Baby Yoda. It's Baby Yoda for May the 4th. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we've seen it. I just don't think, like, I didn't like it the first time, and I certainly didn't like it the second time. And this is the third time. And, you know, a couple of nice... Um, I liked him describing getting uh, boxing with like the Paul brothers. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like I, there's nothing here for me and I love the Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's not. Yeah. I mean, he had big arms this time. Yeah. Well, and it's funny cause he mentioned that, but because of the way that like that costume is constructed, I didn't notice. Yeah. Like like those small green arms were not significantly different than the other small green arms, I guess. Yeah, yeah. What's so what's enjoyable about this sketch is I think the sketch uh doesn't work, and I think everybody knows it doesn't work, and Kyle is trying so hard to make it work. And sometimes you'll see like Che will just laugh at just like after like he'll do one of his crazy like arm motions or he'll do like one extra sound effect or sound and then it's like oh i, I feel like it's just kyle being like this is funny and i'm gonna make it funny yeah i it would make me feel better if they're all having a good time yeah <laughs> like if it's yeah. just them screwing around because they, they know that it it doesn't work that would make me yeah. feel better about the whole enterprise yeah <laughs> so uh now, after that, we get to another, our second Mario Brothers sketch of the year. So we had the Mario 35th anniversary thing in the fall. And now we have the uh, Super Mario murder trial. Yeah. Uh, with uh, Kyle as Luigi, Heidi as uh, prosecution lawyer. Elon as Wario, My- Mikey as a defense lawyer, Cecily as the judge. Um, what did you think of this? I mean, I I liked the ending. The ending yes. was funny. Uh, getting there was was difficult. I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like, I like that it ended with you know Cuomo in kind of um, image kind of crisis mode where, you know, this, he basically, it turns out that this is a anti Italian American defamation thing. And I like that at the end with Pete, uh, yeah. Keenan shows up as Mario. So apparently he didn't die. Yeah. That was weird. Yeah. But I, I liked the kind of details where they were talking about, like, it seems racist that they call the enemies Goombas. Yeah. Um, I liked, uh, it was actually, uh, I wish they would have shown it more, but they have the, the seal of like the Mushroom Kingdom behind the judge it had some like really nice details in it. Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, you they didn't show it very much, but like there was one shot where you could see behind Cecily and it had like little mushrooms and stuff. And Uh-oh. then seeing the production value of like having the animated toads and the the thing was kind of cool. Um, the, the gavel when she was hitting the gavel. <laughs> It was a well, little question mark. <laughs> what was funny is that those costumes really looked like something you could buy. Oh, like those 100%. like off the rack costumes. Yeah. Uh, and then that coin block that she was hitting with her gavel, I own. It is a little, 
it's like a little light up clock or a little uh, light up lamp that makes the sound when you hit it. it makes a little coin sound and it's in my office at work so i was watching I'm like oh i own that oh that's hilarious i got it i got it at target so yeah. um is it like again like the the weakest part of this sketch was elon musk as waluigi i'm sorry oh wario yeah but you can just see i mean one of the things i think he he just loved dressing up is that i yes. i i could see him being the one who pitched this idea <laughs> yeah like what it, like my plan is i want to do a mario sketch figure yeah. it out and i think i guess he's got some documentation to show that he likes wario some like some tweet oh, in the really? past or whatever yeah he's, and then the other thing so they talked about the detail that was actually funny is that they talked about they were showing that um that uh wario wiki page yeah and they made like a comment like this is real and then i it is i found it <laughs> it is they were taking quotes from this from, these wiki these wario wiki articles and just put it into the sketch with like minor revisions but you can find the exact dialogue they were showing on on the on the monitor on this website that's that's what i feel like that's got to be elon's like obsession with that and he just was like if there's a page and <laughs> yeah like all right <laughs> no I, I so i thought that like there's elements that were cool um, yeah, but like he was obviously the the weakest part, right? Yeah, well, and that's pretty much this whole episode <laughs> for sure. Um, but yeah, and then we get this is so then you know we've already talked about Dogecoin, one of his uh, one of his things that he's promoting, and then we get a whole SpaceX uh, yes. films piece that turns into Chad. Yeah, <laughs> I like this, this is- Chad one a lot. This one was the best one, I think. I think this was the better of the Chads. It looked really good. It did look really good. Like both the the kind of mission control location and the the Mars um, outpost was really cool. I like that they had Miley Cyrus in it, but didn't kind of like shine a light on it. She was just there. Yeah, yeah. So Which, that that was cool. And she had one of the, the better, I, uh, that part made me laugh so hard when she was like, I'm pregnant with your kid. And then he just left. Yeah. He's like, no, thanks. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like that. It, uh, I, I think what made this successful is he didn't say as much. Yeah. That it was, there was enough go- else going around. It wasn't like the ghost was just him and the ghost from, from uh, earlier that this was just uh, the, the scenario was interesting enough and then putting him in, it was nice. And then it just, uh, and I think people were less frustrated with him, which I also think made it work a little bit better. They're just kind of, because he was successful. Yeah. Yeah. He, he did, did it. So he did save the, the thing. And it was so funny um, when he goes out to the, the canister and it has the readout and it's uh, 80,050 Eight. or 80,082. Yeah. And I was like, well, the joke is boobs. Yeah. And then have him, go, have him say that. I was like, great, perfect. That's yeah. what I'm here for. <laughs> so Seriously, in my notes, I was like, I just wrote boobs. Yep. Because I know what the joke <laughs> is. Uh, and then uh, having him uh, have his, his head explode was great or implode, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a great, it was a great chat sketch. And I think this was Elon Musk's best acting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because he was, he got to play himself. Yeah. And he didn't have to say very much. 
Yeah. It was perfect. Yeah. I think, but also it is a whole thing about a company he owns. Yeah. Oh yeah. But you know, the way I look at it is I would rather my billionaires be nerds who go on sketch comedy shows than up in tall buildings. And I don't know their names. (laughs) Sure. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I also like that this one was short too. It was just over three minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It was very short. Which I think makes for a a good uh, Chad. Yeah. And then our last sketch of the night was uh, as God intended. It was a live sketch. Uh, Where's more. Let's talk about Elon Musk's uh, mistakes that he's made uh, and half apologize for them, but put it, set it in the old West. Yeah. Yeah. Now this was uh, someone commented on YouTube. And after I saw that comment, I just like, I kept, I laughed very hard. It said, Elon Musk looks like Daryl Hammond doing an Elon Musk impression. <laughs> <laughs> in <this sketch. laughs> I'll buy that. That, was, that is looks accurate. Yeah. Um, it was so perfect. But yeah, so this is, uh, uh, Keenan, Alex, Elon, uh, Kyle, Cecily, and Beck, where they're they're in the West and they they need to make a plan to uh, get the laws or their enemies or whatever. And then he basically just like starts talking about, basically it's just his greatest hit. So talking about a boring a tunnel. So talking about the boring company, talked right. about uh, that he's the electric horse guy. And then you see a Tesla horse uh, outside connected to a Tesla charging station. And then he talked about it, that he has self-driving horses, which are basically just horses, which I thought was also very funny. <laughs> that was um, funny. And then talked about how the, um, uh, I, I think Beck was making this argument that like, no, money is based on metal that we pull out of the ground and we trade for green pieces of paper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's also uh, uh, an anti-mask thing is Elon Musk was publicly uh, uh, an anti-masker. Uh, yeah. And then talked about like, well, maybe he changed his mind. Um, so like all of that, it was basically like all of his, controversies and products all in one sketch all in one sketch and and it was seamless i didn't even notice <laughs> yeah it was just you know it, he's, this ending was weird though too it, this like they tried too hard they were like well how are we gonna make this funny and they like made it about earl yeah then they sing a song about kyle that has been shot and then do it like an ending title card yeah which all felt unnecessary, but that's what the last sketch of the night's about. It's supposed to be weird. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. You got to make it weird. Yeah. So, you know, overall, like I thought I was going to have more contempt going into this episode and, you know, I still, it's like, is there not just an actor? Yeah. That could just like be here instead like I think my my general premise is like do this so Elon could like buy NBC. Oh yeah. And then get to be on it as much as he wants. Like he like billionaires don't need extra help to find platforms. Yeah. Uh, and so like that that aside, I think they did a good job with what they got. And I also think he was pretty game for everything which I also do appreciate. Yeah. What I I read half of his biography, uh, Elon's, mm-hmm. and one thing that's fascinating is he's very much into like fantasies and stuff. Like all of his weddings, like he recreated like the Princess Bride for his first wedding or something. 
So I could just see him like this was just on his bucket list and he was just like, I have to do it. Yeah. And I, I want to do it. I will ask Lauren if I can do it. And then Lauren yeah. said, yes. Yeah. So, so hopefully this is the last time we see it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was interesting. Uh, my wife and I were talking about like other political <laughs> figures and, you know, um, pre insanity Giuliani was a host back when he was like America's mayor. And right. there's been other uh, political figures, obviously. But I think this is a very new thing, right? Like you wouldn't, like who is an equivalent? Bill Gates 20 years ago? Is Bill Gates right. hosting SNL? Or, you know, it's just the fact that he is purely a business person who happens to have a very kind of public uh, persona. This would be like Steve Jobs hosting 20, 25 right. years ago. It just seems strange. It's str- it's very weird. I wonder if that like makes the writers and actors excited, maybe because it's like such a challenge that it's like, can we pull this off? Yeah. Um, and I think largely they were successful. Um, yeah. And I think that like he at least like there's been worst. There's certainly been worst hosts. Right. Yeah. He wasn't the worst. No. But definitely, definitely the worst of this season. <laughs> yeah, probably. So. Uh, Looking at the good nights, I think the only per like I don't really didn't clock anybody that wasn't in any sketches, and I'll, also because everybody was in the cold open, uh, yeah. Except for Che, uh, but it was interesting. They were so because they tried to get all the cast members and all the moms and everybody. Like when they went to uh, the stage, there's people still like getting on stage. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of people. So, uh, what was your favorite sketch of the night? Ah, I'm gonna go with the. I'm gonna go with the Chad one. Okay. Yeah. I, it's probably a tie between the Chad one and I think what you're gonna say the other one. The murder murder. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, those two are the best. I think. Yeah, and you know both film sketches. Yeah. And then <laughs> who is your uh, not ready for primetime player? I just have to go with Kate. Hmm. There's not really like no one else really like, I guess like shine because <laughs> there was so much about Elon and and sharing the moments with him. I don't think ever there was like one person who really got to come out. I think maybe Chloe. Yeah, well, I was gonna say Chloe, but really the only thing she was featured in was the um, the Uli show because she wasn't yeah. really prominently in any of the the film sketches. I think you could say, like, I think you could make an argument for Ego because she was um, in the correspondent piece and in the the films piece. And uh, so I think that she might be good, but I think the cast was so spread out throughout the whole episode. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say Ego, but I, I'm yeah. not super committed to it. It's a- um, so our stock up, stock down, are you buying tickets? Um, are you gonna, are you gonna buy a Tesla? Are you gonna, I'm get- buying, I'm buying all the Doge tonight, baby. Okay. Yeah, he got it. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's funny. Cause like, uh, I do have Tesla solar panels on my house. So I guess <laughs> I'm in the ecosystem a, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I recently, a few months ago, bought an electric car, but I did not have Tesla money. So I got yeah. a used Volkswagen e-golf, which is great. <laughs> but uh, if if somebody gave me $40,000 to buy a car, 
and then another $20,000, then I would happily buy a Tesla, but yeah, not yet. Yeah, they're cool. Oh, they're great. Uh, and then next week, I am very excited. Did you see who? Yes. I sent, I sent these to you. Who's next week? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know the last one. What's next week? Keegan Michael Key. That's true. Yep. Of Key and Peel. And then Olivia Rodrigo of Driver's License. Yes. Yeah. This is going to be great. Yeah. Keegan well, Michael- Keegan is a, Keegan Michael Key is a sketch performer. Yeah. He was on a sketch show. A couple yeah. of them. And he is so great. And he's got such great energy. Like I, he's done, what's so cool about him is he's done like a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Like he's been in dramatic roles. He's been in comedic roles. Um, like uh, I've often gone back to the kind of the, his great um, Obama uh, kind of anger interpreter. interpreter. Yeah. Just so good. And he just like, he's just a big ball of energy. He's a second city alum though. Yeah. I am very like, I don't want my expectations to be too high, but it's just so nice to have a sketch performer doing this show and especially a sketch performer that isn't an snl alum yeah yeah this is a lot of those yeah yeah i think i think he's going to be i think he's going to be great i hope that he's great i hope that they write good stuff for him and but also he's got such a strong writing background from key and peel and other projects that i think he's going to be wonderful yeah oh yeah he's gonna he's gonna knock it out of the park I think so. And I am really interested to see what, if anything, they do with Olivia Rodrigo since they already did like their whole driver's license oh, yeah. homage sketch. So I'm interested to see uh, what, if anything, they do with that as well. What? And then the week after that, who's after that? The week after that is the one from the Taylor, chess right? show. Yeah, yeah. Her name's like Anya Taylor or something. Anya Taylor Joy. And yeah. then Lil Nas X. And then Lil Nas. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, that's going to be great. Uh, we're going to have a great last two episodes of SNL. I suspect a great last two episodes of uh, Saturday Night Rewind as well as we talk about them. But I'm looking forward to both of those because I loved Queen's Gambit. Yeah. Yeah. And she's just great in everything she does, dude. She was in Split. Yes. Saw her Split. I <laughs> saw her in the New Mutants. She's okay. I mean, New Mutants. Oh, I didn't okay. watch that. <laughs> I, I'm a completionist when it comes to the the Fox X-Men movie, so I needed to watch it, but I don't know, it's okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, next two weeks, we have two new shows that we'll watch and then we'll talk about. So uh, please make sure you're, rate, you're rating and reviewing and subscribing to us and letting other folks know about the fun that we're having here with Saturday Night Rewind. You can find Randall all over the place. Uh, just look for Fresh Cut Randall on whatever social media platform you'd like to consume uh, his content, whether that be Twitter or Instagram or uh, TikTok. You can find me at Mr. B Paradise in all the same places. You can follow us at Saturday Night Rewind on Twitter, or you can email us at snrewindpod at gmail.com. Heck yeah. That's right. Thank you so much for uh, potting with me, Randall, talking about Saturday Night Live. And we have two more weeks. I know. I'm excited, man. Thanks for talking with me. Sweet. Bye. Bye.